This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Jackson's there. Billy did. The goal. Chris Billy Huddersfield Town. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2. Huddersfield. Oi. Thank you. Champion Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Stephen Schindler. A chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Hello and welcome to episode 158 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. I'm Matt Shaw and today I'm joined as usual by Cosy Bear and Johnny Gillespie. We okay chaps? Good, Matt. Yeah, not so bad. Good. Uh, this episode, as always, is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Uh, use our code of AHTTC10 at checkout at magicrockbrewing.com uh, for a nice 10% off reward for you guys. So if you need to drown your sorrows like most of us do, look no further than Magic Rock. Okay. Right, so we're filming in front of everybody online. Uh, so thanks to those people who've joined us online uh, and we are in front of a, a live audience. So we will be throwing some questions to uh, to those of you who are good enough to listen to us ramble on. Okay, so we've got two games to get through today. Um, by the lack of Twitter spaces on Wednesday, you've obviously got a feel for the mood of us in the podcast. Um, I have to be honest, I don't think I've felt this way about Huddersfield Town for a, a good 20 years, if I'm honest. I feel incredibly down on the football club at the moment uh, to a point of despondency almost. And to be honest, I'm on the verge of total apathy. I really didn't want to do a podcast tonight. I just can't be bothered wasting my time talking about this shit, if I'm honest. Um, but here we are, regardless. Um, two games to get through. Um, a Q&A, um, some witch hunting as well. Should be fun. Um, right, guys, I think a good point to start would be the Sunderland game because the Sunderland game... Uh, killed me a little bit, if I'm honest. Um, I thought it was a real sort of killer blow, uh, a game whereby I honestly thought Sunderland 
were there to be rolled over. And I don't mean beaten, I mean rolled over. They were, at a certain point in the game, utterly diabolical uh, in the middle of the game. And we could barely muster an attempt on target. Um, like I say, it's a, we, we improved. It's an improved performance. We've, we've you know, Mark Fotheringham's um, changed a few things around and we are looking better, aren't we, than what we previously were uh, and definitely better than what we were under Danny Schofield. But the game itself was a real kick in the teeth. You've got the, the chance for Dwayne Holmes. He's through one-on-one against Patterson, the Sunderland goalkeeper. It's a, he comes off his line well, but Dwayne should probably do a little bit better. It goes across to Jordan. Jordan really should just lay it off to Brahima Diara to put it in the goal. He doesn't. He turns and whacks it over the bar. And they go down the other end and put the ball in the net. Good goal. Um, little asshole scored, but, you know, case <laughs> um, But And you know what? He got a load of sticks, so he's, he's, he's right that he could give it back. I'm, I'm one of these fans who say, if you give it, you take it. Simple as that. But it stung. This this stung. Uh, not only did it stung that we've seen Yuta Nakayama out for maybe a year uh, with his Achilles injury, that, that stung as well just after he'd come into a good bit of form. Um, there are some positives in that some of the young lads came in and, and gave it a real good go and they look bright for the future. Um, maybe not for this very moment, but, you know, Ben Jackson did very well. Brody Spencer did very well. And there are a couple of things to be positive about, but I found this game, this result in particular, really difficult to, um, really difficult to sort of be happy, well, to, to accept because I felt that this was the first time I've gone, shit, we're getting relegated this year. This is not, you know, we can't lose at home to Wigan, Blackpool, Sunderland. And that's no... I know I hate it when say you can't lose to teams like so and so, but if you if you're constantly losing to teams in the bottom half of the league at home, then the chances of staying up become incredibly slim. And for me, Johnny, this was just uh, like I said, this is a this was a bit of a killer blow to my morale, if you like. So I'm a bit of a miserable bastard tonight. Hence the uh, the title of the pod of misery. So uh, cheer me up, mate. <laughs> well, you think yeah, I won't be doing, <laughs> but it's not just to. Hit on a point you said that it's not um it's not losing to teams like Sunderland and the fact that we should be beating teams like Sunderland because so I mean they've got a richer recent history than than certainly we've got um but the reason why I felt the same with you in regards to um where that result left us um is because of what they've done recently they were I mean a, a poor team um they showed themselves to be a poor team on the pitch that's not that's not sour grapes they weren't great they were there to to be rolled over um. Before the goal, I think we were the better team, and it's shame that the goal goes in, and we completely lose the heads. We stopped doing all the things that we were doing, which was good. Um, it wasn't remarkable, but there were there were good situations. We were creating, we were, we were comfortable to a certain extent, and that goal goes in, and, and heads go down. That's it, and we lose two 0 And someone said on, on Radio Leeds after the Millwall game, um, and I thought he was being a little bit pessimistic at the time. But he kind of said, "I mean, one result won't, won't save us. Yeah, it's good, but we need to continue into Sunderland game." And we've absolutely not done that. And we've lost to a team that was on a significantly poor run. They'd not won in four or five, even six. Um, they've gone and lost again um, at the weekend to Cardiff. So they were absolutely there. And the fact that they can turn us over 2-0, I know the second goal was a bit of a late one and et cetera, and there's issues around that. But yeah, I came away from the Sunderland game feeling very dejected, purely because we just we just rolled over so easy and we're so easy to beat. Um and going into the Blackburn game, that, that positivity was just not there. Um, I went because, like, 
Cos has said on, on, on social media today, he's absolutely right. I mean, he says it, it's you support your club, you support your club. It's I mean you have good days and you have bad days. But the feeling for me now is it's it's a real struggle. Um and it's a real struggle to kind of be positive around it really. There's there's issues on the field and off the field, but I think the Sunderland game for me, I agree, was the first time not the first time I thought we were in a relegation fight, um, but the first time I looked at it and thought we are really gonna to struggle to to get these points that we need if we can't beat not teams like Sunderland, but we can't beat teams on a run like Sunderland and are in the table where they are like Sunderland, are a new promoter team like Sunderland. And that for me was I mean was the issue. It's it's what that result meant and it's who we were playing and the run that they were on and the game that we saw in front of us and how, how easy we just gave up after after one goal. Be that mentally, the mental strength to carry on and keep doing what we were doing. Like I say what we were doing was okay. We created a good chance. I believe we could have created more chances had we not conceded directly afterwards. But once the goal went in, it was just game gone. That was it. There, there wasn't really anything after that even to really discuss. So, yeah, um, worrying. Definitely worrying times. So I always look for little rays of sunshine everywhere and there's always one man who brings a ray of sunshine to the podcast with his singing and his happiness and his excellent look out on life and that is Mr. Cosmala. Cosy, we're looking at you to cheer us up here, mate. I'm sure. Yeah, well, I'm sure. Do it. Can I'm you do it? it? Can you I'm dig us out, mate? Irony, man, because there's... As soon as Pritchard had balled up and fallen over and, and got the jeers of the crowd, I turned to my mate and said, you know what's coming here? And then when he scored, we just laughed. We just laughed at each other. And he's there with his fingers in his ears. And I think that's some of the past season, Matt, to be honest with you, mate. Something we thought were positive uh, turned into a real negative and, and that as well. And with you, I think you give it, you take it. I mean, people launching yeah. cups of tea and coins and that bit embarrassing, nah, really. Just, and that yeah, fair yeah. play with me. But, uh, yeah... Much what you've said, guys, really. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me coming into the game, the pressure was on the us. The Tuesday results didn't go well. It's bad when you're looking at stuff like that, isn't it, in uh, early November? But I just felt... It's really weird. I just thought, did we really have a real positive podcast? And it's funny how you see things later on because I think Stephen Chicken said, yeah, it were a great win but let's against Millwall. But let's be honest, it would have took a fluke of a goal. And if Millwall had got the goal first, would we have got two? And I'll... You know what? You start thinking, you doubt yourself thinking, did we really kind of talk it up so much on Sunday? So, yeah, but going into that, I, I, you just the team sheet, Matt, was always going to be the interesting one for me because obviously Sober weren't there. And again, like a lot of our games, you think, how can we really hurt them? Because I'm, I'm, it's just set pieces, that's always seemed to offer. And I'm thinking, who's going to really do anything there? And uh, yeah, to, same old. I was surprised how bad they were. I know they won one in eight, but they offered nothing really. But I just knew we won't. There were always, you know, bits and a uh, couple of players that worry you. And Pritchard, he was a beautiful uh, bit of skill. Patrick Roberts is a player I've always liked. I know he's had his injury problems and stuff, but and he's been around a little bit. But they, I just thought they've got the, they can always provide a bit of quality in that as well. And uh, I thought the second goal as well. I mean, we were obviously caught out badly on the break. Probably Nichols could have done better in that as well. But. Yeah, the, I thought Diallo, like as well, he, he had a good game, Matt. Ran about. Yeah, Diallo, yeah. I just felt they had more weapons than those, and ultimately in a game that, that, that's the problem that I have at the moment with town. It's you're looking around who's going to kind of do anything. And then when you think about it now, you think, bloody hell, did we really gamble on Tino, really? Tino's that man, and he's, he would have a fit last season. In obviously, poor lad had an illness, but again, can you pin your ropes on him? And who else we got? I mean, Thomas did well, but you never know, do you? 
you can have one good season and that's it. and then the kind of the season after can never be sometimes be like the artist and that as well so yeah i were i were very kind of like you mate head down touching out the ground the only positive you say positive mate we had absolute deluge did we during the game but before and after it did rain and so we want <laughs> wet that's probably about as good as i can yeah, say yeah that's but, true it was it was bad on it just, At one point, I was watching the um, I was watching how, how the ball were moving across, and I said to him, "Mate, actually, we could we could probably benefit quite significantly with this game getting getting called off for that one fitness issues." So I thought yeah. if it keeps going; it wasn't probably too far off. But you know, I thought our son, I thought our crowd were good, but the golf and Pritchard, I think because it were Pritchard as well, it absolutely destroyed the place, and it were like a funeral. Then for the last twenty minutes, there were nothing from us, and their fans were strangely pretty quiet on the night there. They were, you know, summer to that eye and read about army all that. They've got their voice, but you couldn't help but feel that we've lost to a bad team and we needed to back it up. And yeah, I, I just thought I couldn't entertain Matt Fotheringham that night, Matt. Uh, I knew, as usual, everyone. And you like Matt Fotheringham as well, don't you? That's yeah, yeah. it would have sulking night. And I knew, obviously, be upbeat, but it made me mad because, like, some of my friends were like, Have you heard him saying this and that? But what's he supposed to say? We were shit, we're going to get relegated as young players are out of the day. <laughs> Well, when, right, he's, when he said it. that, it's been slated for that anyway, hasn't yeah, exactly. he? So he can't, he can't really like, win. But I think the trouble is now he's analysing absolutely every single word that he's saying and that as well. Mm. So for me, like, I just thought, stay clear of it. But you didn't need it because everyone's putting on Facebook. Did you hear that? He said this and that and the other. But, mate, he's got to try and talk up his team. Like, you know, he's not going to like there's, there's a team lacking confidence there. He can't wade in and yeah. tell them how shit they are in front but of But I think the just... thing really was the, the real kicking the balls for everyone, not at least alone him and that as well. I mean, it. It's a cruel game, isn't it? When, like, just only four days ago, he was like, you know, okay, fluke or meant for it, but that, that big smiling face with his gum shield. It, I found that hard to get out of my head on Thursday, mate, once I heard the news and obviously that he were done in the World Cup and, God, you just hope he can come back from it. But he just, like, he didn't deserve that. And I just think it sums up with a seal time, the Pritchard thing, the Utah thing. He's like, if it can go wrong, it is going wrong. And, yeah, well, there's not a lot of sympathy about for anyone at the moment. Yeah, I just think... We just can't buy anything at the moment, mate. And Wednesday night, yeah, we're a bit of a... Uh, I had a couple of pints after the game. I was ready to drown my sorrows, man. I was like Jim McDonald's. Remember him on College Street? He used to love a drink, did old Jim, didn't he? And the Rovers. And, uh, yeah, I kept... Uh, yeah, so disappointing because they were poor, weren't they? Yeah, I think Nakayama is a real, a real shame because he was just starting to look quite decent as well, wasn't he? At left back, he looked like he was just settling in. And that back four... Of Tom Lee's Turton, uh, Helic and Nakiyama started to look quite solid behind Lee Nichols, and then all of a sudden we've lost three of them, and we we genuinely can't catch a break this year. I know Tom Lee's is only, hopefully, only out for a little period with COVID, but it, it, it's it's very difficult, isn't it? And you've got to credit Brody Spencer. He came in, and I thought he did a quite a good job at right back. Um, his first Championship start, uh, Ben Jackson, I thought was was really good on left midfield, and the substitution where. He's put Josh Ruffles to centre back and Ben Jackson to left back. I just found a little bit disappointing in a way. I know it's hindsight, isn't it? But Ruffles for me isn't a centre back in a four. And at that point, the game's nil nil. It's poise, isn't it? You you would think if you've got two centre backs on the bench, one of them surely is good enough to actually play in the role that he's he's supposed to play. Uh, Will Boyle played against Blackburn and did fine. He was he was quite decent. Um, there and like Jackson, and we've we've removed that attacking threat from yeah. Jackson from the left. Then, and it's Someone, it's had a negative effect. Is that? Did, it, I do. I do agree. He did. He did. Um, he answered the question. Who asked to be answered the question? His press conference. I think 
Yeah, pretty I much. That. Um, pretty much blabbing about it, and he, he, he effectively said that he he didn't trust and Betty really is what I got from that. He, mm. he kind of mentioned that he's had a couple of issues, um, jumping mistakes, and he's protecting from the squad. Well, I think that's a worrying case if if you're in Betty. And then he said that obviously Boyle's come out for a knee injury, and he, he didn't want to. I mean, he, he couldn't go on at that time through his minutes is what I took from that. Um, but he's played but then, 90 minutes but then, but he's played a full, Yeah, oh. but he's played a full 90 on, on the Saturday. So whether he's thinking he's many, if he, if he, came, he comes on, can he play the 90? I don't know. But for me, you've got to address the game. That's there. <laughs> and if, you, if you're looking at targeting games, the Sunderland game is a game you target more than the Blackburn game. So strange one. Strange. I mean, I agree. I think it, it, it affects us negatively doing that um, and moving players around. Given Ben Jackson, who I thought was had a really good game and isn't a is an attacking threat, but yeah, he does answer that. But again, I don't know how much not to believe him, but I think it's strange that Jeremy Boyle was able to play um, and play very well on Saturday as well. So yeah, an odd one. Um, I don't really have much else to say on Sunderland um, on that game. It wasn't a particularly good night. The traffic home was an absolute joke as well. Um, didn't get home till about oh. ten past eleven. Yeah, so. I uh, just like taking the piss, so I got a bus from us after a couple of pints, and right in front of our bus were a Sunderland team bus. It would almost, I could just see Pritchard coming on, flicking, he's probably a <laughs> you'd, have, you'd have deserved it after all you've said on this podcast the last three years, to be fair. Um, yeah, um, yeah, and then the next one, Blackburn one, Huddersfield nil. Um, let's let's go to YouTube. I did, I did actually put on here, I'll just bring this across to this screen. I did actually ask for, um, some people to cheer us up. We've been a little bit miserable, haven't we, today? And who can blame us? But um, let's have a look what we've got. Uh, so I've put, tell us something to cheer us up. Anything, please. Uh, Terrier 72 says, the bit that hurts most is we got over 15 million in transfer fees in summer and Bromby thought Ward's, Ward and Rhodes would still be good enough over 45 years since I started watching town. I am totally done. Phil Marston says, fathering him, never the man. Nothing against him personally personally but we needed an experienced heading uh, Ben Roberts says I'm bringing my five year old over from Madrid to watch Town versus Swansea I guess at least dizzy penalties will be entertaining Cosa you love Madrid that's your that's your haven isn't yeah, it so doing, you, you would never what leave you, if you had the choice would you <laughs> what are you doing pal that's all I say but yeah the season finishes Wednesday for seven weeks so bring him over Ben get him some football man yeah I hope he enjoys it Ben so good safe travels to you uh, Leo says Sunderland was a game we needed to win. It was game over once Pritchard scored. Away games, I'm not sure where the next points are coming from. Positives, young players will prosper next season. Christian Kudarenko says, maybe we have been so bad, so, so bad that I forgot what good looks like, that I think we haven't played too bad in the last couple of games and we are horrible in the final third. I think that's accurate to be honest, Christian. I think we've improved or as an 11, uh, as, uh, specifically... Uh, in terms of uh, our organisation and and the the actual compactness of the defensive unit as well, I think we've definitely improved. It's just the final third where we're we're absolutely revolting um, <laughs> at the minute. Uh, ben Roberts says, "Anyone know if we can expect Tyree Simpson to be fit anytime soon, uh, or at least he would offer something different up top?" Uh, no, is the answer to that, Ben? I'm afraid. I heard February. Someone said to me, "Yeah, I heard that as well." Longer. Uh, John Shaw says Matt summed up the biggest problem apathy once the anger is replaced by I can't be asked," and the writing is sadly on the wall sadly going to take a full reset I think um, 
Freddie Cocker says, uh, reckon Boothie's got anything in his legs left to bring out of retirement after Sauber's crosses. Can you imagine that, throwing Boothie and Kyle Hudlin on in the last five minutes, just you know, get Sauber banging those balls in? Uh, I'll tell you what's interesting yesterday with Matt with Blackburn is that I stood there and gave a big round of applause off on that as well because, and I, I had a bit of a ding-dong with the guy. We ended up walking out arm in arm out of the ground and that's well. Honestly, it looked like we were going to start me, but I was ready for it. I was ready to go with him. But he were like, he was walking down there saying, this is shit. This is absolute. I said, like, mate, this won't shit at all. We were like, play the second place team in the league. And we, you know, we should have got a draw out of it. That's not shit. We're just not right good. But it says, like, there's a difference between shit and not giving a shit. And that, what you saw there, says we were good. And like, what do you mean? So, like, and then obviously we're discussing, like, we don't and stuff like that. And you were just totally frustrated with the, with the lad and that as well. And we were saying, can we stay up? And we kind of had a chat out of it and that as well. But his anger was. I think it just, I looked in his eyes, it were kind of like, I think, like everyone, I mean, some people walk down there with a Bromby Out banner and stuff, these people are so frustrated, and yesterday was so frustrating, Matt, because I was chatting to a Blackburn uh, fan on the way back to the car, and he said that for, for that, he said, you must be pissed off not getting a draw, I says, I am, I says, but, I says, I'm pissed off at our team for kind of not getting that second, because I says, for 65 minutes, we were all over you, and that's when we just like camped out on our defence, but you know, the thing that really annoys me, Matt, you mentioned the quality there. The number of times we, we kind of got really easily, I thought, to the edge of the of, of the area, time after time. But Dwayne Holmes really frustrated me yesterday. Everything he did was wrong. The last ball, the shooting when he shouldn't have done and stuff like that. So they had one of them frustrating Dwayne Holmes. He has games like he, that every now and then, don't they? Yeah. You? But it's the number of times we got in and around, we were getting behind people and, and just it just won't you just again it's just that quality bit Matt and Ben Brennan and Diaz I know it would have but you know Brody Spencer will want it back as they say but it was just like once he gets that ball and he like take, he sends Ellick back to Burnley and, and he smashes it in that's the quality Pritchard Wednesday night that's the quality we ain't got got that well we're very limited in who's got it and that as well and that's the frustrating thing for me I just don't think that's something you can you know, you're on about luck. I just think quality, you've got it all you want. I mean, like Ellis Sims on, on their bench on Wednesday night, Matt, that's someone to bring Don't on to. Don't trigger me. Don't trigger me. You know how, how much I've liked Ellis like, Sims for the last 18 months. Yeah. So, so I, I it's, there's a lot of anger about at the moment, but for me, we're just, that's why I clap. I just thought what's out there did as well as they could for me. And I know Johnny's got an interesting view and a few of us took that, that Blackburn and not all that and it's flattering them. And I get that. You looked at them, I thought, are they really... I think they were a bit nervy after they got beat at Coventry on, on uh, Tuesday night, but it was just the word is just sheer frustration because. I, but then part of me thinks, Matt, we could we could have scored. We I don't know ten minutes ago, make it one on. We'd have gone back into shell again. So that there were people, and I can kind of get the argument. We're kind of criticising for them, saying, "Would we are really, you know, what, why are we doing this last twenty five minutes? Why are we not doing it from minute one?" But I just looked. It's, again, it's just like comparing teams. I'm just thinking. It sounds like the Chris Powell thing, but we're not. Not that we can't compete, but honestly, the the team that we've so, got out. So we're shite. That's what you're saying, isn't it? No, Matt. If you'd have offered me an hard luck story at Blackburn, one nil, going out there feeling a bit of grief, get one all at the start of the game, it's a bit pathetic, mate. But that's where I'm at with town. I'd have took that, mate. Let me finish these uh, these comments, and then we'll come to Blackburn. Uh, Leo says Simpson Tino fit after World Cup break. Uh, Tino's back in training now um so hopefully tino will will be back soon uh like i say we've heard different things on simpson um christian kudarenko says be a different animal when tyrese gets going um well, let's see 
Uh, Phil Masters says, our recruitment, nothing short of abysmal. No wonder Carlos left. Uh, you're not far wrong there, Phil, in terms of why Carlos left. Freddie Cocker says, looking forward to getting Charlton away back next year, potentially Leighton Orient as a London-based town fan. Every cloud, etc. Um, Leighton Orient's quite a decent away day, isn't it? But I don't really fancy it at this moment in time. Are people going to chat it in, though? I, I, I don't yeah, see that. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't, uh, I I don't feel have... that way, Matt. I don't feel that no, way. No, I don't. And, and the young players that we've got, that the one of the reasons I kind of enjoyed the last, well, not enjoyed the last couple of games, but ah, you can't knock Brody Spencer. You cannot knock what is happening out there. You know, with a lot of these young guys, you know, I thought Kamara to me yesterday looked like he needed a rest, but you had to play. We've got hardly anyone else and, and that as well. And DR, I know we had a bit of a difference of opinion on his performance on Wednesday night, but I was I were enthused by him mate, coming on and stuff. And that that's the heartbreaking thing for me. We've got, these young kids who I, I there's no way I'm going to knock any of these guys because they're in the frying pan, you know, man. And and, and that's Brendan and Diaz is going to shoot that quality. He's going to unfortunately expose even some of the best defenders. So he's going to do it against a young guy. But that, that's why I find it to get hard to win anyone because Fathom's got what he's got to play with. The young guys are giving the best and getting probably found out and stuff. And it's just the frustration really is above that. It's got to the stage to think that we could muddle through to January with just Ward and Rhodes and, and every passing game. Did he even get a touch yesterday, Ward? I, I can't remember getting hold of the ball, to be honest, Matt. Honestly. Not he's, much. He's not much. He's, and, he's, um, he's not really looked the same as he since April when he got those injuries. No. He, he seems Rhodes, like he's mate, struggling. But he we've, switched in it today in the paper, but, but to be honest, yeah, we've it's a different those. style of strike and we always knew we needed that. And that's the depression. That, if we do go down and obviously it's getting shorter and shorter as the... Uh, the game's left that that's where it'll be done for me but it's i just find it hard to get mad with what the players on the pitch like clapping there were people it was just frustrating from a lot of people but you couldn't boo that yesterday because everyone did as well as no it wasn't like, a it wasn't a booable performance no, was it? it wasn't it wasn't amazing by any stretch but it wasn't crappy no. um terry seven two says mf subs versus sunderland was a joke if he does not trust him betty why put him on the bench uh, Leo says Mike Fotherham doesn't help himself he needs to tone down his comments post-match about playing fantastically well but still lost and on another day would have won that game uh, I'll come to that because I've, whilst I'm speaking I've even, I've, I'm in the championship chat group and I've seen a Blackburn Rovers fans been uh, I think Mike Fotherham's comments seem to have rattled Blackburn Rovers fans yeah, some, for some reason um, but we'll come, we'll come back yeah. come back to that uh, Freddie Cocker says all of our young players look promising but how many are ready for a dogfight agree with Cosy, but the lack of goals is very worrying can't blame Fotheringham too much with what he's got to work with right yeah. now uh, Ben Roberts says his kid has to suffer that's that's exactly what being a Huddersfield town fan is about Ben suffering uh, Mike <laughs> Terra 72 says something to cheer you up Matt if we stay up I will burn my chest hair we'll have to do that live on the podcast and no not no, no, very strange sights there that, <laughs> he's not doing it in my house I, <laughs> I can do it in his own house Cassie. Um and then Christian Kudarenkos yeah. all we can hope is some experienced players come back in over the World Cup break and we now and somehow hit the ground running and a bit of luck falls our way uh, John Shaw says Cosy mentions quality doesn't that despite the acknowledged injuries that come back to the recruitment and Bromby's failure this summer look we'll come back to Lee Bromby after the Blackburn game, because I think we probably have some different views on on that, and I think some maybe some mitigating factors as well. Um, but thanks for your comments. Keep them coming as well, because we we do love chatting to you guys. And you know, fan, you know, this is a fan channel, and we'll, you know, it doesn't work without uh, fans getting involved. Uh, so Blackburn one, Huddersfield Town nil. I feel like we've we've talked about this game now, Cosy. I don't really have a lot to say. Um, Town have now scored one goal in the last five games. 
there's a gap opened up at the bottom, I think, with five or six points. I think it's five points, isn't it? It's a fourth, and then, but it might as well be six with the goal difference. Uh, the young lads did okay again. Um, the goal itself now, the goal. I'm going to open this message. Hang on a second. Where is it? Where are we? Uh, Dan Ainsworth from Rovers Chat. Good lad, Dan. You spoke to him, didn't you? The uh, Cosy at the end of last week. Um, said we'd lose two 0 but so I got it wrong, didn't I? <laughs> it says at Matt Show. Why is your manager chatting such shit? Um, I think this goes back to what Elliot Jackson. So Elliot, uh, who does the Championship Chat Pod, uh, is the writer for Blackburn. Used to write for the Examiner. Did Elliot? Nice lad. Um, but he's put a tweet which says, where are we? This is me well prepared. Here we go. Uh, so he's commented here about Mike Fotherham's post-match thing going, remarkable claim, blah, 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 blah. It's a little bit sensational in some ways. He put, I mean, he's put, Fotherham said, Rovers are flying with confidence. They never really troubled us at all. They had a few shots where Leah's made great saves and their goal is just a long clearance up the pitch. Um. And it seems to have rattled a lot of Blackburn fans who seem to be suggesting that Harry Pickering's ball down the middle was somehow Glenn Hoddle-esque in its uh, execution uh, and technique. Um, I'll be honest, I don't think Mark Fotherham is that far wrong, in all honesty. Um, Blackburn were the better side for an hour in this game for me. Um, But did they really have shot after shot after shot and make Lee Nichols work that hard? Not really. they had a couple of opportunities, but nothing nothing major. I think Nichols made a decent save in the second half. And then the net, the third save he made was from Brereton and Diaz, wasn't he? Um when we were chasing the game in the in the last couple of minutes. Um I, I don't think he's that far back by the yeah. that, that Yeah, I don't I don't think he's I don't think he's that far that. wrong. And the ball down the middle from Pickering, all right, it's it's a classic curving ball, isn't it, whereby it's difficult to deal with. But for me, an experienced right back deals with that. And it's not to dig out Brody Spencer. It's a difficult ball for an 18 year old starting his um, second championship game to deal with, isn't it? But for me, an Ollie Turton maybe deals with that. Um, Or if Tom Lees is playing as your right sided centre back, he's over to help Brody Spencer a little bit quicker. It does. Yeah. And and to be honest, it's not a good goal to concede. So I'm not sure why Blackburn fans are that upset by the comments. If I'm honest, it's not, it's not a world-class goal or anything. It's a ball. It's a speculative ball down the middle of the pitch. It's a decent speculative ball down the middle of the pitch. He's curved it to make it uh, come back in. Brereton Diaz has done very well. Um, he's a class player at this level. And he's cut in. And, and that cutback has completely taken Helly out. And the finish is, is good. You know, fair play. Um, I don't really think the comments are particularly wild. I don't think they're particularly accurate either. Because um, Blackburn were the better side for... 65 minutes but I think after 65 minutes we we genuinely came back into this and played quite well and I think that's probably the game plan Johnny was just to keep things tight not concede and then try and nick it in the last half an hour because I think if we score first we're obviously a far better side but I think if we score first and score first early away from home we'll probably struggle to keep on you know keep keeping the game so for me I think the game plan was just to be annoying keep it tight and score first later on Um, but unfortunately Blackburn scored and we're never going to come back from yeah. that. Yeah, I was, you know, because he said something when he was analysing the game. Then I think when I listen to because he does, he does actually fill me a bit more um, confidence and happiness. And I some, he's kind of changed my opinion a little bit. Because when I came out of that game, I, it was two things. Well, f- first of all, I do think Blackburn do play that ball quite a bit. 
so maybe maybe that's why they're a little bit um, annoyed that it's kind it's of not clearance. It's not clearance, is it? It's no, not clearance. They do they do look for that, but equally, I I do agree with you that no no, um, I mean, not 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 having a go at Boris Spencer, he's probably slightly done a yard up position, a very experienced strike at this level, takes advantage of that. And then, do you know what I mean, you've covered that. So, yeah, Helic probably should do better, but Diaz is a good player, puts the ball in the back of net, fair enough. But I can probably see why they, they, do you know I mean, they're probably a little bit blue and white glasses from their side, and Fulham is probably a little bit tongue in cheek what he says, and that's why they've got a bit annoyed. But I won't be too bored if I was um, sat, sat second with three points. But just going back to your point around the, the game then. So, I feel, as much as I feel, because the last, I mean, twenty minutes we we were threatening. Sometimes if you can come out of a game being a bit more, bit more positive, I think sometimes equally if you're a bit crap for the last twenty minutes, you can come out of a game feeling a bit more negative. But I do think the first, I mean, the first six five minutes we really didn't offer a, a lot, if if anything. I mean, in the first half we had two shots, we didn't have one on target, so we we we, we had absolutely nothing. I think that was the issue for me. It was the fact that. When when we start to press Blackburn and and kind of show a bit in the game, Blackburn had taken off a striker and put on a centre back, clearly looking to sh- shut up shop. An interesting tactic for a team that's doing so well. And it, it guess it's to be really negative. It's how much allowed us to then have a bit more of the ball. Um, like I said, that's a real significant tactical change. We're going to be able to carry the ball a bit more. They were sitting deeper with their centre back on taking um, uh, Gallagher off. Um, and we did create, we did create again a chance, a stormwall chance, a clear cut chance to score. Um, where it's we're going, so, I mean, yeah, it's another, it's another one. And we've we've sat on this podcast pretty much every week saying there's a, there's a chance in most games where we jump in if you had that type, that chance again nine times out of ten he scores. So following, probably could look at that and say, well, if if we take that chance, which we should do, it's a one-one. But again, not to be, well, I say not to be negative, but it is, it is negative. I don't know how, after the game, I don't know how confident I was. If that had happened, if that goal went in, um, whether we've got enough to then see it out, because Blackburn do do come out and the game's different. But I don't know. Equally, listening to what Cosy was saying before, I guess it is the fact that we are playing team that second. I don't think I don't think Blackburn looked absolutely incredible. Whether that was through, I mean, just being tight, just containing, they didn't feel the need I think to. that's credit well, to us a little bit as well. Yeah, I would. I think that is doing great to us, and like I say, we we did we did play some good football. But I don't know what. It's either why were we trying to be tight? Were we trying to be doing get to half time, get to the nil, and, and take a chance? Okay, fair enough. Or equally, why why can't we show that little bit a little bit sooner? I don't know. It just I just felt that it was just all a little bit too late, and I think players just need to take opportunities to shoot as well. So many times where we cut inside and, and look to play a pass into the box and. Again, if you just push pause at that point in time, people passing into players' feet, where well, that's a bit of confidence. I mean, we're not we're not scoring goals. We've only scored one goal in out of out of play whilst following has been at the club. So it's clearly not something we're doing a lot of. But I just think so many times you've got into good opportunities and just didn't quite make the right decision. Um and it's just frustrating. I think from Frogman's perspective, I can understand where he's coming from. I think that the headline's been quoted harshly on him. I mean, in the examiner, and obviously on, on what you've you've quoted there off Twitter, he's not he, he's not coming out and saying it's the best performance and we were incredible. What he's trying to get at is the fact that we are still creating chances, and there were prolonged 
period of time in that game where we were we were on top and we, I mean for a period of time we were camped out their box outside their box but out of all that we only created one real clear cut chance I think that is that is still the problem if we get it we take the point and we've got a way point against second and I think that's a fantastic point but I don't know it's just I think we're at this stage now where we just need the points and how many times are we going to point to a situation where we feel well that, that could have got us it that could have got us it and it's like well there's going to come a point where something needs to give me actually start getting points and it's not to be negative and I think that's where sometimes a bit of the anger comes from from fans like the fan because um, we were saying there I don't I don't think a lot of fans know where to direct that frustration anger because it's absolutely right that you can't do it at the players because look, look at the players who go on the pitch Um and the situation they're in and the age and experience they've got, it's fantastic. I mean, Will Boyle was a laughing stock. And I think he's changed 99% of fans' opinions of his performance on Saturday. Good game. Fair play to Will. Clear, play. clear man of the match. And going back to some of the chances you saying there that um, Nichols had stopped, Will Boyle put some two excellent tackles in one, which was absolutely stonewall going in back of the net, but he comes across, covers somebody else's man and puts a tackle in. So... You can't really direct it at the players. To direct it at Fotheringham's harsh because I think there have been signs of improvement with a depleted squad which is getting weaker and weaker and weaker. To point it at Bromby is equally harsh. I know we're going to come on to that too. And then even at the, you turn around to the board. So I think fans are just angry um, and don't really quite know where to put the anger to. But I think for the players that, that we've got on the pitch, you've kind of convinced me because of that in a way, a 1-0 loss at Blackburn, would you take it before the before kickoff, potentially, um, given the situation we're in, it's in a, but it's equal. That's not a fantastic thing to be saying, is it? So I it's just hard to know what to feel or think, really. I think what's frustrating for me, Johnny, is that at the moment everyone's just getting it. And there were so many people last yesterday I spoke to were slagging. I was like, "Did you watch the game?" No, I didn't. But was shit and Peter K. This that the other. So it's like a lot of people. Okay. The, the people that just want to, they just see the end result, and I get it's result business and last. Yeah, and even in that year under David Wagner, we played some absolute dog shit football, but we won and, and people just remember the, the results. But what disappoints me a little bit, but I get people are just so fed up, is like people will not give anything. People saying, oh, are we much better under Fothering than we are in the But we're fucking miles better. Oh, sorry, my language. We're miles better. Well, not miles yeah. better, but we're a lot better than that. We are improving, but people won't give them that. And because we're not getting the results, winning and, and st- things like that as well. I think. The biggest worry for me, Matt, is that, I've, yeah, I keep we keep hearing about this long injury list, and yeah, we have. It made me laugh. He said eleven players out. I was trying to think, who the hell are these eleven? Because I, I could only count about five or six that are out for ages. But you know what, Matt Tino? Yeah, I want to think. What did West Brom start with that worldy? Which which one won it? West, West, West Brom. West Brom. But yeah. that that is like kind of a passing ship. We didn't see that much because he hardly ever played. But apart from that, who's out of them? That's out. How many are going to come back and like? affected the goals for column because I don't think there's hardly any so I, I just I'm I'm struggling to kind of buy into that at the moment I get it's a lot you know, of Pearson uh, would, Pearson would make Pat, jo- Pat Jones is going to have to come with, yeah, with the next rank gigs isn't he um, yeah absolutely <laughs> and, he, and he's good but you know there's but you're relying too on much two lads there. that are so raw and stuff and that so that that's what I just that's what gets me down a little bit Matt because if these were kind of like top quality or you know proven kind of attacking players then they were back in December. I'd even think, yeah, we could still maybe get out of it. But at the moment, I just think we've just got to go big in, in January. But even then, it could be too late. That That's the thing that's really getting me down because it's like, it's them people that, 
you're relying on a Pat Jones and a Tino, just total like inexperience. That, that is it. The only, th the only thing I'd, I'd, I'd say as well, um, I, I mean, you might disagree with me on this, but I don't, I don't know whether we, that, to take that Blackburn game as, as, as a real example, it's like I said, they, they took off a strike and put a centre-back on. And for quite a bit of the game, we were looking to kind of put it up to, to Helic. He spent quite a bit of time up at the top trying to knock it down. So mm -hmm. You've got players like, I know he's not exactly done anything incredible, but I just feel we take Ward off the roads I think, okay, maybe that's that's like that's fitness wide, and it's not the fact we can play both, we can keep both on. Do we again? There might be a reason for that, but we've got we do have other attacking players on the bench that just didn't even get on the pitch. And I think why why don't we just not gamble a little bit? We might we might go down two or three, and fair enough, and it might be an absolute car crash. But we're at the point now where you've got 15 minutes left in the game, you're one nil down away from home. If you lose two or three, it doesn't matter. I just feel we need to create. Like David Hart says it all the time, create a bit of chaos. I just feel we're too rigid. It's like like for like, swap like for like. Diara came on and did do better. I quite like maybe see him a little bit earlier on because I, I must admit I was a bit with you because I didn't I didn't see much in the Sunderland game on that in the Sunderland game, but I did think he did he did do quite a bit in the Blackburn game. But give us something. Can we not just roll the dice a bit more? And I just got like, yeah. the whole game under. Was it oh, Blackpool? The Blackpool Boxing Day game where Cobra just chucked on about seven attacking players. Aaron Raw came on. Everyone came on. We did it. We turned it around three two. And to me, more from not, it probably won't work. But I just feel, I feel I wanted just to just gamble a little bit more. We one nil down away from home. What's the worst that can happen? Chuck on Mahoney. You might, you might slip over the ball and give away or do you know I mean do a Gerard and pass it back and they score. So be it. But at least yeah. it was very just light for like. That's the only thing I would say. That's not to be really negative towards Frotheringham. But I just think could we not just roll the dice a little bit more and just lose the, do you know what I mean, sensibleness of it all. I mean, Wagner used to throw Mark Hudson and Heffley up front, didn't he? And that just yeah. like bomb bomb was that was chaos. That was like the ultimate thought, chaos. But I we need to we kind of move on bit. in a minute. Alec and, and Boyle were up quite a bit. I did, I did feel we do that. That only thing was weird because I thought, especially Law of the X and all that, and you know, mm. that guy was sitting me on that podcast last week. Though, Mahoney, you know, the crowd won't give him a good reception. So he won't, he won't probably get on the pitch, and I ended up being right on that. But it's uh, that it's just. Part of your wonders as well, Johnny, you know, like Radoni, I mean, it, it, I still can't, I still have nightmares on seeing that miss, but it's like, is it just a confidence thing? Radoni gets one, because I mean, he would say that, but Fotheram did say in his press conference, what did he say, would be on fire or something, didn't he? If he gets a goal, part of me wonders, yeah, he gets yeah, a goal. Maybe it might be right, yeah. Yeah, maybe Thompson, I think Radoni, you know? I, I, I think Radoni's got it. I think Radoni, personally, I think, I didn't think he was amazing against Blackburn, but he had a really good game against... Um, it's good against Sunderland. Their, their manager yeah. picked him out, and I think I do. I'm I'm definitely in Radoni's will be a player camp. Um, I, I just think he does just need that bit of confidence in that goal. I I, I do rate Radoni. Plays uh, play. I think some fans are a bit kind of like a bad decision on him, but I think he's a good player. I think there's a player in there, but you've got to recognise his age, where he's come from. He's new into Championship, and he's in a he's in a dogfight with a dressing room that's probably very down. So, but I think if he does get a goal, he could be a player. Second half of the season, especially if you have someone around him who's doing a little bit as well, like an Andrew, or somebody comes into a bit of form alongside him as well, or Pat John comes back, that will help. Because at the moment, it's very just there's only really one or two players on the pitch that can do it, can do a bit. So I do, I do think Madoni's got it in him if he can just um, get that goal personally. Yeah, so uh, I've changed the. Um, so for those of you watching on YouTube, I've slightly changed the uh, the background there um, because there was a banner, wasn't there, sort of saying. Uh, Bromby out on 
on that. And obviously we need to chat about chat about that. So uh, any comments on, on YouTube? Uh, remember, this is a, a live pod, so um, let us know your thoughts on, on this as well. Um, so, yeah, so Halloween has passed, but Huddersfield Town is, is still going full Salem, isn't it, with wanting to, to burn a witch. So, and that witch is Lee Bromby at the minute. Um, I completely understand the Huddersfield fans' frustration. I think, Johnny, you touched upon a really good point there, is that the majority of Huddersfield fans aren't going to turn on a lot of the young players because they're, they can see them trying and they're physically maybe not quite there yet, are they? There's a long injury list. Mark Fotheringham's been in the building five minutes practically. Um and Dean Hoyle's kind of uh, disappeared into the background, hasn't he? So, you know, sure, the, the man, yeah, the man who's there is uh, is Lee Bromby, and he's the the target for people at the minute. And uh, I understand the frustration. Um, I understand the head coach decisions as well. The role. when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Giving it Danny Schofield um, and Matt Fotheringham's not particularly inspiring, but what's Carlos Corbran? inspiring um the 11 on the field you know they can't score um they're not creating chances we sat bottom of the league um and everybody's wanting to point fingers you know get the pitchforks and chase someone out of the club you know they want someone's head to roll don't they uh, and i understand why people are angry and, and frustrated um but is lee bromby the only person to blame uh, i've seen Pozza tried to stick his head above the parapet and kind of say that didn't he on, on twitter and he got some absolute pelters from from people, but I don't think he's wrong in in many ways. Um, for me, this goes back to the summer. Um, Johnny, I'll ask you a question: When a company sells the majority of its sellable assets and it decreases its outgoings in terms of wages to the very bottom level it can, what is it doing? <laughs> Why do you work in this? <laughs> it's preparing for a sale, isn't it? Yeah. Pretty much, um, you know. So you, for you me, make, you make it the most attractive for someone to to come in and buy it. Exactly. Um, I I I hear bits. Um, I don't tell a lot on the podcast um, because you know you you, um, you don't want to. It's the famous Huddersfield Town thing, isn't it? You don't want to um, betray trusts and all that. Um, but uh, you know, somebody who I trust a lot told me that um, the wage bill last season was circa twelve million, which was a bit of a miracle we got in the playoffs on that. Uh, and over the summer, Dean scalped that down to around eight million, um, which you know, when bringing in Helic, etc., has increased that up a little bit. But if you're going in with a wage bill of eight million quid, which is going to be the lowest in the championship, and you're going to have four or five League One clubs competing with you, and even offering more money, 
how is that Lee Bromby's fault? You know, how, you know, he's swimming in a, in a pool of piranhas there. You know, he's bringing in, I know people go, well, Will Boyle's crap. Conor Mahoney's crap. Yeah, but for four grand, four or five grand a week, who else is Lee Bromby going to be able to bring to this football club? If, if, if Lee Bromby's, um, the, what, where I'm trying to go here is that, you know, Huddersfield Town were in for Zeon Fleming in the summer. They were in for Carlton Morris. These players have gone elsewhere because Huddersfield Town could not compete financially with Luton or Millwall. You know, and, and it's fine saying Lee Brom, you know, and Betty's crap. Kane Kessler Hayden's not playing. Yeah, that's fine. You can proportion blame to Lee Brom before some of this. But, you know, the, the loans in particular. But I, I look at Huddersfield Town and think, what are what can he do with that wage bill? What can he possibly do other than get very lucky? like he did the previous year where Phil Hodgkinson uh, brought the wage bill down from 20-odd million to 12. You know, he, he got very lucky, I think, in in terms of um, Tom Lee's doing so well, um, Mike Pearson doing so well. I don't think for a minute that they thought they would do as well as what they did. You know, Levi Colwell was obviously a very good signing. Um, I think where I'm trying to go with this is that if you scalp back what the club can pay out so far... And you and you misjudge, you know, the impact that the likes of Carlos Corbran had on those players. You misjudge the impact Lewis O'Brien had on that midfield, which has happened, in my opinion, at the club. You left in a very precarious position. And Lee Bromby has you know, there are there are obvious mistakes in recruitment here. He's obviously had a little bit of money to spend, not masses, but a little bit in championship terms. You know, he's brought in Radoni, um, eight hundred grand or something, I think that was. He's he's spent very little on Hudlin and Simpson and uh, Kasumu. Uh, so there's, there's money that's gone out. Helic obviously came out, but Helic, you know, the money only came for Helic once Matty Pearson injured himself in pre-season. You know, that Helic wouldn't have come if Matty Pearson was still, you know, going out on the pitch. You know, that's that's a desperation signing in some ways. Uh, maybe not desperation, but that's an enforced signing, shall we say. Um, you know, I think... In an ideal world, Lee Bromby would have liked to have got better calibre of players in, but this is the pool that Huddersfield Town are swimming in. And the problem is we have to get very lucky and the punts that we take have to come off and there's so little room for error that if we get it wrong, this is what happens. And, you know, we have got it wrong. Um, but I find it very difficult to, to point one finger only at one person and say, this is all your fault. Because, you know... <laughs> Like I said to someone earlier, you know, you can't make porridge from dust. You know what I mean? You, you, need, you need the right ingredients. And for me, he's he's not innocent by any stretch for the position that we find ourselves in, of course. But when when you when you've got so little tools to do the job, you know, what where where does it go? Is this is this all his fault, Johnny? I I can't I, think, I can't sit here and say yeah. this is down hundred percent to Lee Bromby. No, I think there's two there's two areas. Um, that you you judge Lee Bromby on. Ken the day we've got to understand that Lee Bromby is an employed member of staff at the football club. I mean, it's not it's not his coin that he's running it with. He doesn't decide how much we spend or don't spend. So you can judge him on recruitment. Um, and okay, we can look at recruitment as we sit now after the Blackburn game, or we can look at recruitment as it was at the beginning of the season. The reason why I say that is the recruitment beginning of the season I thought was was okay. I think there were gaps and we highlighted that on the pod right at the beginning but to look at the players we brought in, I think Rodoni is, is a good signing. 
Um, he fits what we're looking to do in the fact that his young players had a good season. It was an area that we needed to recruit in, so he ticks those two boxes. And he's a player that fits the mould in regards to will hopefully have a successful spell at Huddersfield. And so what people say we're not a selling club, I get upset about being a selling club, but everyone's a selling club. So, I mean, even Chelsea are a selling club, sold to Madrid. So the fact that he does well at Huddersfield and we, he can go on to, to, to better things and we can profit from that A on the pitch and B in a bank balance. So I think he fits the bill, similar to Kasumu. I think Kasumu has been really, really good. Um, and I think the players that we brought in around the, the B team are also similar as well. The loan's okay. And Betty's not been fantastic. I think um, KK Elster Hayden's been all right when he was on the pitch he's had one absolute man and we've not really seen him since and whether it's something to do with his training side okay fair enough um Mahoney I think was a reasonable punt for what we spent I still think he's all right he's not really got much of a game and Will Boyle got man of the match in his last game so I think he's actually a little bit better than we maybe give him credit for but again that's why I said do we look at where we are now at the beginning of the season but they're the players but equally you've got to look at Again, like Matt says, what has he got? What assets is he? What availability has he got to funds? How much can he? How much can he spend? There's no doubt. Whatever you give Bromby, you'll, you'll spend. It's not. It's not kept money. It's not gone back to the board or Dean or whoever's kind of making decisions at the moment and saying, "No, don't, don't give me that extra ten, twenty k a week to spend on wages. I don't need it. I don't want it." So, I think with the money that he's got, I, I don't know. I'm not a scout, but I don't know what players we could have got on a similar budget that would have made a significant difference. There were some players who might have suddenly hit form a bit earlier. They might have, like Rodoni did well last year, but he might he might have got someone who's hit the form and got the goals and maybe done a little bit this year, except that. But on paper at the start of the season, I don't know who we could have got for the budget who is better. That's one area you can judge Bromby on. And based on that, I don't think you can say he's done that bad. The second area is the managerial appointments, of which he's made two this season. And Schofield, like I say, on paper, I can understand why they went down that route. It's clearly not worked. So that's probably a negative score. Fotheringham does split opinions. I think some people might have preferred um, at that point to maybe to break the mould, break the model that Town have and bring in a manager, an experienced manager. They might think like like a, like an O'Neill, like Stoke dude, might have got more out of it. But I honestly don't know, given the way of what's happened now, with the injuries, the squad, the, the, the team that would be available to an O'Neill or something like that, I don't know how much more they could get out, really. I don't, I don't particularly blame Fodringham for the situation and the results we've got over the last five games. I think there are issues there. And I think, really, he's, he's probably doing more or less as well as someone with more experience would do. So, again, that's another area we can look at Bromby as a decision maker for football club. Has he got it that wrong at this particular point in time? I'd, I'd say no. So, in reality, I might get slammed for this, but I, don't, I can't see a real rationale for why you'd put the blame or a significant part of the blame at Bromby's door. I think it's understanding the tools that he's got, recognising he's an employee of the football club. He doesn't make, he doesn't make his own agenda, he doesn't make his own ability to spend money. And given the situation that he's got, he might have got a few things wrong. He might have picked one player rather than another, but I don't think there's a whole horse of blame significantly attached to him. Above him, fair enough. Completely understand that. I think that there's been a significant lack of investment in the football club. Um, I think that's been recognised, and there's significant gaps in recruitment that's been recognised. But if you've only got so much money, it's how do you go get another central midfielder? There's no budget for it. That's not Bromby's fault. Another thing I'd add is we don't really know. That's just assumptions. We don't really know 
what the budget was, what the situation was, what questions being asked, who Bromby's put in front of people, who's Bromby's put in front of his seniors and said, this is what we need, and what he's been told whether to go away or, do you know I mean, okay, go and find someone he hasn't. So the vitriol that Bromby got, I think, is unjustified. I think, ultimately, I think it's it's a testament to, do you know what I mean, to football fans and, and, and the situation we face at the moment with football fans. It's, do you know I mean, it's that fact, it's instant success, it's not going right. The answer seems to be abuse. I think it's shocking. Some of the some of the the, the chance that Bromley got in the Blackburn away and on Saturday, I think is absolutely shocking. I don't think it's justified. I think you you, you should if you've got an issue with, with it, fair enough. But I think I mean Bromley's a wanker. Bromley's a wanker from the first minute. I mean, we're even losing. I think is absolutely shocking. I think people need to recognise his position in the club and his ability to make a distinct difference in a change isn't necessarily there. And it's not necessarily his fault. Um, that's my opinion. I think people might disagree with it, but I, I do feel quite strongly about it. And I just don't. I don't think it's fair on on him as as the man, to be honest. No, I don't either. I'm just looking at the last time Swiss Ramble usually post um, the wage bills, don't they, for the championship of what people are on? And, and the last one they posted out was last year, so a lot of this information is out of date. But it's still relevant in a lot of ways, and it's got. The championship wages per year, Aston Villa, which is from 2018-19, uh, a top at 83 million. Leeds United, 78 million. West Brom, 67. Stoke, 56. Norwich, 51. Sheffield United, 41. Derby, 40. All the way down, 23rd place, Hull City, 18 million pounds. That's double. You know, and on, the last place, Rotherham United, 8 million. And that's from 2018-19. You know, everyone at the club's got an hand tied behind the back, you know, and like, like David Wagner always used to say, if I make one tiny mistake at this football club, then it becomes a huge mistake. And he used to say, if Jurgen Klopp makes a tiny mistake, nobody notices. And, and it's that kind of thing. And Huddersfield town live and die by things like that. And, and yeah, um, some of the recruitment could have been better. I, you know, I, I still think some of them, some of the loans in particular, you know, haven't worked out and, I think when that happens, you you know you've got to be you've got to sort of front up and say, "Yep, that was my decision. It didn't work out." So, um, let's go to what is happening on YouTube. There's been plenty of chat about this, which we can pick up. Um, let's have a look here. Oh, there's quite a lot. This is why me I'm scrolling up here. Uh, right. So, uh, Dean Smith. Let's start with Dean. Uh, fans praying for Simpson is worrying. My mate is an Ipswich fan and he's not bothered. He's come to us. Uh, couldn't get in their team and didn't pull up many trees on loan. Yeah, I think Terry Simpson is a, has been a B-team signing, hasn't he? Um, I don't think there are any qualms. Strikers cost a lot of money. Even B-team strikers cost a lot of money. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think Terry Simpson is going to come in and be the answer straight away, uh, especially as he's jumping up two divisions effectively because the last time he was playing was... Um, the last time he's playing was was at Swindon, you know, in the bottom tier. Um, Leo says, try huddling, uh, bring him back, nothing to lose. Uh, he says, don't see us being active in the transfer window unless someone buys the club before January. Uh, unfortunately, that can't happen from what Dave Baldwin was saying, you know, three-month minimum, uh, you know, as soon as someone's interested. And Huddersfield Town, uh, from what I understand, or what Dave Baldwin says, is they haven't opened the, the data room yet, which is where... People go in and, and scour through the books. Um, so if that's not available yet, that was on his interview that might be available now, then you're not looking before the end of the season, in my opinion. Um, so we'll come to another point on that. 
Uh, Dagban, it says, um, in fact, Terry 72 says, I'm not the biggest Bromby fan, but what better players or manager could he get with the money Hoyle is telling him to spend? Uh, he also says, Radoni's a class player, just needs that first goal. Dagban, it says, Bromby with Phil Hodgkinson behind him last summer. Great recruitment. Bromby without Phil Hodgkinson, less so. Coincidence or underlying issue? The damage was done in the summer and I don't really know what Bromby could have done. Hands of stone, very succinct as shite. Get them all out at the top. <laughs> so could have wasted a lot. Could have. I think we've wasted a lot of time. We could have just said that, couldn't we? Uh, Leo says, why sign Simpson and Hudlin? Kasumu is another Kyle Dempsey. I think that's wrong on Kasumu. I think Kasumu is a decent player, good young player, and I think he's showed up quite well so far this season. I think he's been one of our better, uh, better players. Um, Simpson, they're essentially trying to make a, make a decent striker out there. They've got a couple of hundred grand to spend. You can't buy anyone on a couple of hundred grand. It's just the way it is. Uh, not someone who's ready-made to go into the championship. Uh, Dag Barnett says, the one challenge I would make to Bromby is why did he stay and not follow Carlos? You could applaud his loyalty, but question his common sense. His career must have been impacted. Uh, John Shaw says, uh, Dean Hoyle surely has to be careful. Relegation will ruin any chance of selling the club. He wouldn't be able to give it away, would he? I think that's the next point on my agenda. Uh, Leo says, agree, John, we'll struggle to get a buyer in our position. Uh, Terra 72 says, Hoyle left the club in a mess for Phil and people blame Phil. Hoyle took over running of the club and now leaving and everyone's blaming Bromby. Real reason we are where we are and it's Hoyle. Uh, Dag Barnett says, I struggle to understand Dean Hall's strategy. Keep Carlos support him and he has a much more attractive asset to sell. Uh, what he has is something considerably less than it could and should have been. Okay. Um, so I did tweet a few weeks ago when Dean said he was selling the club about how I felt it was wrong to um, call Dean Hoyle a load of names. And I still feel the same way. I still feel it's wrong to sort of, for people to sort of, especially when you look back at the 10 years and people are saying, oh, well, Dean Hoyle's going to end, you know, we're going to be in the same position as he picked us up in. But it's not true. You know, it's sort of first top flight football for 45 years. Look at the work that Huddersfield Town doing the in the community, the breakfast clubs, the town foundations, the Yorkshire Air Ambulance stuff, the bike rides, um, players that we've had through the doors the longest spell in the top two tiers since the 1970s um you know Dean Hall's done a lot right for this football club uh, so I don't think sending an abuse because it, because of the situation we're in is, is right at all but I did say you can question some of the decisions he's made and I feel that that's absolutely fine um you should always question those that own the club and, and hold them to account uh, if you believe that you're in the right um you know, and that's fine. And we always try and represent as many views as we can on this podcast. If somebody in the comments wanted to dive in now and say why Lee Bromby is useless and should sack him and we should sack him, I'll read it out and we'll comment on it. It's, you know, it's an open forum for people to get involved. But I, I struggle to pin that blame on Lee. The question now, Johnny Cosy, is how do we get out of the situation that we're in? It's it's very difficult. You know, I'm resigned pretty much to relegation. Apathy's ringing around um the only real sort of thing the only person that can save us in my opinion ironically is dean hoyle um we're, we're short in so many areas aren't we especially up front i think we've been very unfortunate in that danny ward and jordan just seem to have you know performance level i don't want to dig them out too much because i thought they were both fantastic last year and and Cosy, you'll you know that moment when Jordan Rhodes sticks the ball in the net against Luton. You'll remember that for the next twenty years, won't you? Matt, let, me, let me read the last time we were in the shit in the COVID season. The uh, team that beat West Brom to uh, send our friends up to the Premier League. 
Jonas Lossling, your friends. <laughs> Trevor Chalabar, who today are watching against Arsenal, like Premier League starter. Richard Stearman, okay. Christopher Schindler, he wants too bad. He wants too bad. Schindler, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Toffolo, uh, he wants a bad player. Andy King, okay. Jonathan Ogg, <laughs> Chris Willock, this guy we'll see on Tuesday night. Lewis O'Brien, he wants bad. Janini Bakuna, Fraser Campbell. The bench, Steve Mounier, Carlin Grant, Emil Smith Rowe, Elias Kachunga. And that team just about scraped up, man. And we're talking about quality. And yeah, I like the parachute payments, etc. There's a lot of them probably them guys that we probably would have been off. But just look at the just the names there, the quality on that compared to now, it's it's chalk and cheese, mate, isn't it? It's, it's scary. It's absolutely scary. And and the wage, but again, you totally compare the wage bill. Back. The wage bill was what? Yeah, it's close then, to thirty million at that point, and now it's yeah. you know, it, it is what it is. And I know, and and a lot of Huddersfield fans are fine. They're not nerds like us, are they? They don't sit there and and drone on about football like we do. And and everybody who who's watching us drone on is you know very different to a lot of fans. And we love you for it, by the way. But everybody. A lot of people that go in the stand, they're not bothered about uh, the fact that Lee Bromby's uh, revolutionised the revolutionised the um, the anal- analysis team. You know the work he's done with putting other structures in place with regards to the. You know we've got more youth players in the first team than we've had since Young Guns. You know that they've come through uh, what Lee Bromby set up in the academy. Um, a lot of the um, the fitness and the physio stuff, uh, you know, and 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 all this, you know, and all the other stuff. All Huddersfield, a lot of Huddersfield fans are bothered about is what the team looks like at 3 p.m. on Saturday and what the result is at quarter to five. And that's absolutely fine. They don't listen to idiots like us. That's fine. Um, to the though, Matt, because to the, how much of a no, I know. I knew people last like year us. <laughs> Some right hammer, the football were crap. We were boring, bring back Cali. This were like deep into the season. So I know people who were like, so what do people want? Now, now all of a sudden... We're you know playing a bit better. We're getting loads of young guys in the team, obviously by not by chance, but because we have to and that as well. And it's an issue because we're not winning. But when we were winning before, people were were bored. And you know I bring back Danny Cowley. I were in from some people, so it's like what the town fans want this swashbuckling football for two hundred and fifty pounds a year. Do the Stan Turner quote. Do it. Do it. Do it. Oh man, you know what I'm going <laughs> to say. But it's just like I think I think that's why I find it my hard to. It's not apathy at all for me. It's like if I'm paying five hundred pounds for a season for my season card, right? And 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 we're, this is happening, and we're not kind of recruiting and like kind of better than that as well. I, I am mad, but we're not. We're paying absolute peanuts, like to to watch our team with an owner who's like, he's giving us like twelve amazing years, pretty much by and large. All right, one two, interesting the other seasons, but it's like I just. That's why I find it hard to get mad because, like, at Fotherham, because he's got there where he is to play. I don't think that's apathy, that. I, I don't know how to describe it, but he's just like, I can't really get mad with anyone at the moment because he's just like, we've got an owner who wants out. We've got a, a young coach who's learning the ropes. We've got a squad decimated by injuries. We've got young guys learning by mistakes and finding it on the job. It's like, I think that's probably where the Bromby things come because it's really weird for me. We're just... I didn't feel any of this in any of the other games or maybe I don't follow the right Facebook or Twitter things. And so it kind of really shocked me yesterday, the, the vitriol and the, the anger. It, it, 
there were none of it on Wednesday. I hadn't any Bromby out chance on Wednesday, anything. And all of a sudden, yesterday, before, like I said, Johnny, when it even started, like, off we went. And mm. really weird. Uh, but <sighs> people are like... Cause some, sometimes football fans in situations like you've just described, when you do describe it, it is, it is a car crash situation. Sometimes, like, football fans and can actually, do you mean see a bit of positive, positivity where it didn't exist. I just remember like Derby when they came to our place back in the last season. Probably best best away fans we saw last last season. Absolutely incredible. Look what happened to their club. And I know it's a bit of like them versus us, but it's a shame that they, they didn't want seeing we going down. Not once. It was, do, do you know what I mean? It's everything that was just positive. The club was an absolute crisis. It might not even exist this season. Yet, I thought the fans were brilliant. Whereas, do you know I, mean? I was just embarrassed to be in the in the way end of Blackburn. I don't know, maybe it's because I'm, like, say we said, maybe because I'm getting old and it, I don't know, maybe I still see it as banter, but it's embarrassing singing like we're going down. I just, I, just, I would never, I just never got that as a, as a, as a way to support your club. And I don't know. And like, we are in a bit of a crap situation. We are up against it. And like, I mean, there's a very real chance we'll be in League One next year, but like, sometimes in the face of adversity, you, you get those little moments and like, sometimes football fans can, I mean, have a bit, positivity and actually try and make a difference but I don't know I just feel like everyone's just resigned to it it's almost like it's just fun and games now to the end of the season let's have a laugh and take a piss out of the football club which I just don't think is the right approach but it got us through the Premier League relegation to be fair Johnny didn't it with the, the it did it stuff. did it that did, was kind of like deserved in a way wasn't it yeah, that was kind of different it felt different but yeah, this feels just a bit I more guess where we were falling cynical from really it was like coming back a holiday and having a bit of a laugh wasn't it but yeah this is like getting sacked from your job. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. Uh, Leo says 32 quid at QPR on Tuesday, Cozzy. That's not peanuts. You need to get the silver package, Lee. That's the trick to QPR and then move across. <laughs> move across because no. those ones won't sell out. So, yeah, that's the trick that you do oh, there. Go get the gold one. Get the silver one, Lee. You know what, Matt? Across, Here we go. But what I was already saying, I've had West Brom last week, et cetera, et cetera. So, obviously, QPR won, West Brom two yesterday. It's... Bloody hell, can't we get one of these results like that where it's just don't... <laughs> just like, you don't expect it, man. Well, we need them, don't we? We need to win. Uh, it was QPR no yeah. West Brom won. Do you know what the good thing... Well, the interesting thing is, Cosy, QPR haven't scored for three games. So, you know, you know what's happening, don't you? On Tuesday night, the floodgates, the floodgates are going to open, aren't they? Um, yeah, they've not scored for... So what have they done QPR lately? They've done nil-nil... Nil nil against Norwich, lost one nil to Q- to West Brom, like you say, lost two nil to Birmingham, but then beat Wigan two one. Yeah, QPR are a good side. Uh, that had a little mini blip, um, but yeah, it's going to be very difficult. We 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 essentially need to beat QPR and Swansea, don't we? Um, in the next two games, just to keep in touch, and then hopefully get players back during the World Cup break. Um, it's 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 really 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 difficult. John Shaw says anybody paying thirty two quid needs sectioning. Um, <laughs> got to agree with that. Um, but yeah, like I said, like going back, because um, I was saying, Dean Hoyle really is the only one who can pull Huddersfield Town out of this position. And, and what he's really got to think about, and what I would be thinking about if I was him. Um, and obviously, he's, he's obviously, you know, if he's ill, etc., he's obviously going to have more important things on his mind than than us knobheads, you know, rambling on about speculating about how to spend Dean's money, etc. But you know, Dean wants to sell this football club, and you know. I, if it's anything like the previous sale, he's going to want all his money back, you know, from 
uh, from the from the perspective by uh, um, Canal side, he's, he's going to want to shift Canal side, which is going to be what five or six million quid. Um, the shares for the stadium, he's still you know they're still owned by you know they're still part of the the deal uh, or the were with Phil. Um, so I presume gone back. So there's going to be all sorts of these little things um, that are going to accrue to being quite a healthy fee. And let's speculate and say fifty million quid, Johnny, because Dean's probably owed what. He was owed something like 30-odd million and he reckoned he came back and had to put another 10 back in, didn't he? So, you know, crude maths, 40 million, five or six million for Canal side, whatever rest, you know, you're looking towards 50 million quid. You are not going to sell a League One football club for 50 million quid. No way, never, 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 never. Not Huddersfield Town. Maybe if Leeds United had dropped to, or, you know, um, Man City or something had dropped to the third tier, maybe then. But you're not going to sell Huddersfield Town in the third tier for 50 million quid. So what are you going to do? The best chance he's got of getting his money back or selling the club for something that he wants to do is to invest in January to try and keep Huddersfield Town in this league. Otherwise, he's going to be stuck with an asset. or well, not really an asset, is it? He's going to be stuck with a ball and chain around his neck and a big debt that he can't get, you know, that he can't push on for, for love nor money. Um so he's in a difficult spot here because he's in a stick or twist position, isn't he? So either he puts in another couple of million quid, which, in fairness, I'd be loath to do if I was in his position. I wouldn't want to have to keep putting money into you know what could be a, a black hole at this point. But Huddersfield Town go down and his chances of selling the club just drop through the floor. If Huddersfield Town stay up, he could still get that money back that he spent in January. You know, on top of you know on top of it at the end of the. At the end of you know the season, when it's when a sale's likely to go through, um, for me he's the only one who can can say it's like our Obi Wan Kenobi, you know Obi Wan Kenobi, save us now. You know it, it's he's the only one, Johnny, isn't he? That he can, can literally it pull is. us out because he's not he's not going to sell it before the window. It's all down to Dean Hoyle, and I've always said about Dean Hoyle, I, I've always liked Dean, but I've always said the way that he'll be remembered is how he walks out of the door rather than the way he walked in it. So it's, it's, you know, it's up to Dean. Can he do all he can it's to not, keep Huddersfield in the league? Or is he just going to settle? It's not just, um, it's not just finding a buyer. Cause obviously it, it, it's who you sell to because Derby were effectively a league one club when they were bought and they were bought for actually bang on 50 million. And then they bought the training ground as well as part of that. But I guess that was, that was a fan that's bought that. Um, in a stress situation, so he he effectively was their Dean Hoyle to in all sense purposes. But we've kind of exhausted our um, do I mean multi multi millionaires Huddersfield, <laughs> so we're probably shopping in a different market now. But yeah, it's not just attracting the buyer because obviously a League One club um, for very obvious reasons is attracting a purchase as it would be if he's a, a Championship club. But I know Dean Hoyle said when we were back in League One that. It, 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 it cost to him to run the club was roughly around five six million pound a year, and that's why it was so crucial that we were promoted to championship back in 2012 because obviously that that money was offset by I mean um, television money etc. So it's the issue of him finding a club, what he'd be able to um, ask for the club um, by way of a purchase price, but also how many millions he's going to have to put in the club to keep it. To keep it solvent, there are there are contracts that are expiring this year, but there's also other players that are contracted who might well have relegation clauses down to League One. But it's certainly going to cost Dean Hall around four, five, six million pound a year to fund the football club as a League One club, just purely for the money that will go out from um, TV money in League One. So 
to ask him to put in X amount of money to try and buy the quality and, and fund the players to just keep it in a championship isn't a ridiculous ask, even from a purely do you know what I mean, mercenary financial decision, it's, it's probably the right thing to look to do. But I guess it's a gamble. It's where we are when we get to January. And is there a chance? How many millions will it take to, to make that difference? How many points are we going to be behind versus how many millions will need to be spent? And does he then at that point just make the financial decision that we are down? And if he chucks another three, four million pound at it, it's only going to be the three, four million pound that he could have used next season to fund the club. So, it's, a, it's going to be a gamble. Um, and if you, I mean, you're looking at financial modelling, what's the best thing to do? Um, and it's it's whether, like I say, it's whether he looks at his legacy um, versus his ability to sell the club versus his ongoing financial commitment to it. But I agree that it is the only situation. It isn't good because he's, he's selling the club, therefore you might not want to put any money in. But ultimately, a championship club is going to be better for everyone involved in, in buying and selling just full-time football clubs. So hopefully... He shares that that viewpoint, but it's still going to gamble either way because we know the money isn't necessarily going to buy success. I mean, the money spent it doesn't buy success. He's ultimately and then in a worse situation. So it's not um it's not black and white really. What what kind of owner do you want? Uh, obviously, we're Huddersfield Town, and we're not going to have our pick of potential owners. We're not going to sit there and go and and go through twenty candidates and go. Oh, do you know what that billionaire? That one? That one? Oh, that guy owns three countries. We could have. You know, it's not going to be like that, is it? But it came to me as quite an interesting question from someone else. And it was like, would you, you know, Newcastle fans are having the time of their lives at the minute, aren't they? Despite where their money comes from and, uh, and the, the issues around that. But would you accept something like that? Huddersfield town? I think the answers on this might be a little bit different. Would you want a, uh, a local owner with less money? Would you want someone who's British? Are you bothered about them being American and front loading the club with debt, you know, Chinese, whatever, is there any preference or, this, this, or, did, yeah, this, or are you bothered? Or is anybody bothered? Because I'm not sure yeah, the fans a, are overly bothered, to be honest, as long as the team's a, all right. No, there's a very strong preference for me. Um, and again, I don't, I don't know how... I, I don't know how popular... I had a bad experience away at Blackburn, so I'm a little bit kind of anti some of our fans at the moment. That's just my personal situation. But um, I don't know how popular this will be, but I think some fans need to have a bit of a reality check. But there's one preference I have. There's one um, thing that I want our next owner, um, our next steward of Huddersfield Town, is is to have the club's Money. long-term future. At, well, to a certain extent, but the club's long-term future at heart to create the football club that's sustainable. Because I, I was around when, when there was a real chance that the football club might exist. And I've got a very, very good mate who's a Derby fan. And I've had him on the phone in tears to me thinking about what would he do if his football club didn't exist he wanted to take his little lad who was five to a derby game he's been three game three games this season his first three games and he thought he might never get to take his lad to a football game i've got one year old i want to take my lad to a football game like my dad took me and his dad took him and i know it's, it's people might think oh yeah just don't know what he's on about but that's for me what ace, it, honestly, yeah yeah that's ace. more important and we're, do you know, we're in a crap situation at the moment fair enough We'll always be in a crap situation. Football is very circular, has ways of having ups and downs. You've got to enjoy the bad times and enjoy the good. And for me, it's someone who's, who's going to be able to protect the long-term future of the football club. I don't want someone who's going to try and um, gear it and try and gamble and, and risk the long-term future of the football club for success. That might work, fair enough, but it also might not work. And for me, it might be boring. It might be like people think, oh, well, where's the, where's the ambition? 
Okay, you can have ambition, but you can have sensible ambition. So to me, the one if the one thing that I would say, what would I prefer as someone who is a steward of the football club, um, and in all intents and purposes, understands what being a steward of the football club is. And I think one thing you can always say for Dean Hoyle, he he, he has done that. Um, people might disagree with that, but he, he has done that. Um, and I think that's one thing that's really important. And hopefully, you will pass the club on to someone who has that same um, moral compass and will continue to do that. It might not be pretty, it might be legal in football, but ultimately, what's more important than anything is actually having a football club. Cosy, any preference? Someone someone with no hair? Usually go for bold. Sorry, mate, I put you on mute there because you, you were playing La Liga highlights, so I put you on mute. Oh, mate, it's just been an incredible role. <laughs> uh, honestly, mate, <laughs> what a game. Uh, three settings off, two goals, madness. Uh, I mentioned it last week. Uh, again, I mentioned about values and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's probably just best to put last week's on. But, yeah, it matters to me. I don't want Saudi Arabian money. I just want someone, uh, yeah, who just... Kind of gets the values in the area and stuff like that. So it's their own kind of owner to buy. And well, obviously, not, there's not a lot of money in the UK at the moment, is there? So abroad is uh, where it's at. But a lot in Spain, there's a lot of cryptocurrency stuff, Matt, and, and dodgy incomes and investments and stuff that people don't know anything about. I know there's obviously that Price of Football guy tweets out a lot of stuff on that as well. Didn't he tweet something about Birmingham? Birmingham, what well, it Birmingham that had some kind of kind of could be yeah all of a sudden they're like they were, it were launched as a big you probably know a bit more than me but bit, cut a long story short this kind of firms they've <laughs> had uh, they've had money um, put into the club to get those loan players which hasn't been sanctioned or something by the football league or something like that so the money that they've used to go get these loan players who are getting them points at the minute shouldn't be there technically which is going to yeah. be interesting to see how that's dealt with yeah no it did yeah, it does. It does matter to me, but I'm afraid I'm probably a dying breed, man. Because I think, like you said, that Newcastle scenario, they they're flying the money. They're like, people don't give a they're shit. Okay, they? It comes from there, there, mate. And it, it just sticks in my throat, Matt. That it's like great to have Newcastle there. This, that, and the other. And don't get me wrong, for their fans, they'd be like, we deserve it after Mike Ashley. But to me, it just just don't feel right, really. A bit like this World Cup, but I suppose that's a another story. They'd probably say different if you know if Man City weren't owned by an oil country and Chelsea mm. hadn't had Abramovich. So they'd probably feel differently. But you know they're probably thinking, well, everyone else has had a go of it. We want our turn, and you know, yeah, it's you know, it's it's like Johnny says, it's cyclical, isn't it? Yeah, but so, but if Newcastle kind of kind of got me in one concert, but you'd love it if your club had that like that. I wouldn't, but no, I, I'm not sure. I'd I probably would. be a, a dying breed mate because I think the modern young fan. Could be totally wrong. About it'd, feel, it'd feel it'd feel a little empty. I don't know why. It'd feel it'd, it'd be great yeah. winning games and stuff, but it, something would feel a bit empty. And yeah, I know yeah. there's You've a Watford got... fan in our in our group, and he's and he he understands that they've had an amazing 10, 15, 20 years, you know, with uh, with what's gone on there, and that they've completely overachieved. But he he would be happier with a local owner and and just yo you in from League One to Championship, and everybody's different. Um, even what you even people do, in. I'm Even people in the in the chat, because some people are saying Mike Ashley in the yeah. chat. I had um, this, I had this d- debate with like Leeds fans because like at the moment they're getting it's like the next level. I'm like, mate, you're you're just gonna be battling this relegation. Put the games moved on since you were last up there. They they're getting mad with the the investment there. Uh, not Champions League, mate. But but that's just it. It's like where do, where do you really want to go? Because like if they want to go into their level or whether it's reckon they're being Europe and all that, you're talking the games totally change. You need that kind of 
Saudi money. I mean, even Liverpool fans are getting frustrated. They spent, what, 88 million on that Darwin Nunes and stuff. It's, it really depends what you want to be, but I'm quite happy to kind of be a you know championship club, but just with that, knowing that we can maybe like last year, have us day in the sun, that, that'll do me, to be honest with you. But it's uh, it just shows, doesn't it? Just a little bit. You don't get your loans right. Yeah, obviously your best players go and you don't replace and stuff. And it can go wrong so quickly. And we're a great example of that, unfortunately. One thing I think is a bit interesting, like if you get an owner who's a bit like, I mean, foreign or sorry, Saudi or just very much in it for like, um, sport law and I'm just going to get the club up and that's the pure thing it's thing, things like people as uproar last season wasn't with the blue white foundation offset um, the, the, the way tickets and the, the Luton away game and the vitriol that was all around Twitter around all these prawn sandwich brigade going to Luton in the playoffs but I tell you what if you have an owner who isn't kind of geared into the club and the fan base and is very much just through success and money ball stuff like that will be more and more and more so i think sometimes it's just be remember situations like that and be a little bit careful of um what you wish for uh yeah well i'll finish with um with the comments and cosy's getting some pellets um where are we dag barnett says sorry cosy the price of season cards is irrelevant people are disheartened because the club has essentially blown the chance to be better and that's why the gallows humor is in evidence uh John Shaw says, I don't think fans would object to pay more if there was a plan, some ambition and desire to put things uh, right what went wrong. Sadly, folks no longer trust the ownership. Uh, and Max says, for me, this all comes from Dean selling to the wrong person after relegation expectations rose. And I think most fans would have paid more if the ambition was set by the club. It goes back to what we were saying the other week, doesn't it, about what I, what is Huddersfield Town now? I, don't, I think there's a, a split, isn't there? Some people think we should be pushing on. Some people are are under, you know, are sort of thinking we, we're lucky to be in the division, but you know, there's a lot of split there. Uh, Terry72 says, according to Transfer Mac website, Huddersfield Town market value is 28.95 million euros. Um, and he would take Mike Ashley. Um, Leo says, I would love some oil money. <laughs> and John Shaw says, I removed the million oil euros. Money, oil, money. <laughs> oil money, some oats money. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, and he also says he'd have Ashley or Marcus Evans. Um, and the last comments are from Bez5678. Hoyer will have to write uh, 50% of the figures you're mentioning, Matt. Better to get 25 mil for something than having to continue putting five, six mil a year in uh, on January. And the three loans will uh, will have to go back to be replaced by players Mike Fotheringham trust to play. Love Tino, but he's a right sick note. Uh, I saw someone mention Tino was unfit in the summer, but that wasn't wasn't true. He was flying at Chelsea with all, all the... The metrics, the fitness metrics, he was completely top of at Chelsea. He's, he's just had a bit of a an unlucky time with with glandular fever, hasn't he? But you know, apparently he's you know back in training, and I think after glandular fever, you lose a lot of fluid, don't you, and weight and whatnot. So uh, it might take him a while to get back up to speed, but hopefully Tino can uh, can help us get on the way. But I think that's it, guys, this week. Unless you've got any any other business you want to bring up, any singing, Cosy, to cheer us up? No, mate. I uh, did all my singing yesterday. He would, Bob. <laughs> fair enough thanks to everyone for joining us online if you could click the like button that would be very nice because that helps put the podcast in uh, in front of more fans eyes and it means that all this editing and chatting isn't a waste of time for us isn't it um so thanks for everyone who's who's contributed and jumped in we really do appreciate it and if you want to listen to a bit of chris carter now's your time
has a team that is dear to its followers. The colors are bright blue and white. They're a team of renown. They're the pride of the town. And the game of football is their delight. And all the while, upon the field of play, thousands loudly cheer them on the way. Often you can hear them say. Who can beat the town today? And then the bells will ring so merrily, and every ghost shall be a memory. So town, play up and bring that cup back to others. So town play up, bring the car back to Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via muck delivery afterwards. Three points, nut nugget share box, spot on. Order muck delivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. <laughs> 